and welcome to the I Am Woman Project, where every week we have deep thought-provoking and interesting conversations with thought leaders, change instigators, rule breakers and creative minds who think differently, sparking creativity and inspiration. Our special guests on our show cover a variety of topics just for you, and they share their personal stories to inspire, motivate and empower you, our listener. The I Am Woman podcast is produced for your enjoyment and show notes are found at www.catherineplano.com. Come back often and feel free to add the podcast to your favorite RSS feed or iTunes. All links are in the show notes. Now let's get into the show. Today we have Julie Hine who tells us through research that an attractive appearance with appropriate grooming and personal style plays a significant role in the success of women in the workplace. Women who are considered attractive can earn up to 20% more in salary and are perceived as more intelligent and trustworthy resulting in more influence, impact and success. It goes to say that women who want to convey credibility, authenticity and have a desire to elevate their personal brand and career positioning can benefit from a strategic approach to their personal style. With over 30 years experience in industries where appearance and image are key to success, Julie works with executive women to develop a strategic approach to their personal brand that truly represents them in a credible, confident and magnetic way. Throughout her career, Julie has been requested by media to appear and comment many times on topics of the day and interest, which include Radio 3AW, Radio 2UE, Talking Lifestyle, Southern FM Radio and publications on image and etiquette. As a mature woman, Julie offers her clients the type of understanding that can only come with years of hands-on experience and life skills. Julie believes that every woman deserves the opportunity to look, feel and be beautiful inside and out and be able to achieve that daily without stress so that they can focus on the job at hand. It's now time to tap into this life-changing, very stylish and down-to-earth woman of inspiration. Enjoy. So this morning, we have a very super special guest for you, Julie Hine from Star for Life, aka Julie Hine is an image star. So we were having a bit of a conversation and I thought we better start recording because we were going into um, lots of conversation, not just about how to dress for success, but also just women in general. So before we get started, Julie, for our listeners, let's unpack who Julie is. What's your story and how did you get to where you're at today? Oh, long, long time ago, actually, Catherine, I was in the corporate, well, actually, I started off in the hotel industry and then went into the airline industry and into the corporate and um, always dressed well, but I was doing a lot of boardroom presentations and I was traveling internationally in my role as well. And when I fell pregnant with my first child, I was all of a sudden having to think about what was I going to do with myself? And interestingly, I had a call come through from 
my school that I went to, which was a private girls' school, and they asked me to come in and speak to the Year 10 girls on professional readiness, which I, of course, did. And I, I just found that I had so much to offer. I had so much information to give them. And I felt really... I felt really positive about doing that and so continued on doing that for a few other girls' schools and then just thought, you know what, There's, I'm doing something here. I need to find out what it is. And so after quite a bit of research, um, discovered the profession, image consulting, and so decided to go off and have myself trained and that was the start of my, of my journey and my business. Mm. And for our listeners, um, just so that you know, I was just looking at Julie Hines before we got on the show and she looks spectacular, immaculate from head to toe. Um, and we were having a conversation about how is it that uh, women get to where they get to? So, for example, what we were saying or discussing is that, uh, you know, initially when we're um, at a stage in our life where we dress nicely, we, we do our makeup, we do our hair, and then all of a sudden we have our first children and then we kind of don't have that time and then we actually just let that go by the wayside and sometimes even forget about it. So let, let's unpack that a little bit, uh, Julie, and... Um, and talk through about why you think this is a, a commonality in women. I think women have always been, you know, they, they always think about other people first, exactly what you were saying before, Catherine, and we put ourselves last. We're the ones that are, are picking up the pieces in relation to our children, to our partners, to our families, and we don't allocate time to invest in ourselves because there's always something more important. And I think women just go down this path until they get to a point and they think, oh, my goodness, where have the last 20 years gone? Who am I? What do I look like? I know nothing just seems to gel anymore. It doesn't work anymore. And they either have to make a decision to do something about it or Unfortunately, a lot of women choose not to do something about it or to just continue on the same path thinking they're okay and they're denying themselves so many opportunities in life. So, I mean, I know what it's like. I've got, I'm a single parent. I've been a single parent for a long time. I've got two, two children now, 21 and 23, who are amazing young adults and I've got an aging parent. So I know what it's like to get busy. But something my mum taught me many, many years ago was to, you know, just look after yourself. You know, do use skincare, do put your makeup on every day, wear nice underwear, all those things that just help you keep your identity, you know, as to who you are as a woman. And it just, it does make you feel uh, a lot, I know for me, I can't, and people think it's quite funny, but I actually don't leave the house without makeup and uh, purely because I, I, the way that I explain it is I feel naked and it's because I've always looked after myself. So it mm. doesn't matter uh, how old I am and uh, where I'm going, even if it's just down the shop, I always want to make sure that I look okay because I think you never know who you're going to bump into. No, that's very true. I think the only time you'll ever find me out and about without any makeup on is, you know, on the beach with the dog <laughs> very early in the morning. Um, you know, most other people are in the same condition. So that, um, that's about the only time when mm. you'd find me like that, you know, in extreme circumstances. <laughs> but even, you know, moving house and doing things like that, you're always, always 
yeah. step out. Even if you have your lipstick on, you know, I think even just putting lipstick on does an enormous amount for a woman's self-esteem, you know, and what you see when you look in the mirror too. If you've, mm. you know, got your hair done properly, you've got a little bit of makeup on, you've got some lippy on, um, you know, I, I that's just me. I'm probably like you. I just like to, to, to know that I've, you know, got myself together. Yeah. Do you know, it's funny, as you're speaking, I'm having a vision when I was a little bit younger, probably in my 20s, where I lived in stilettos, literally. And I remember yes. <laughs> two stories where I don't so much now, because obviously it's all about feeling comfortable now. I think as you get older, it is about comfort. Well, your body just can't take it anymore. That's the thing. Mm. You know, I mean, I used to pound the pound the pavements in the city and then in shopping centre malls, you know, wearing these high heels, which have done enormous damage to my feet. So I am a woman of comfort now, you know. Yeah. The orthotics are very much a part of my life. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. It's not funny. I remember I used to vacuum in my stilettos. I even remember one time I was moving and the gentleman was like, no, no, because I was helping, of course, and I was climbing the, the rail of his like truck to put some things in. He goes, no, no, not with your stilettos. And a friend of mine goes, darling, don't worry about her. She was born in stilettos. Yeah. So she can, you know, walk up and down with those shoes and don't you have nothing to worry about. Yes. The one thing I did want to um, sort of unpack as well, you were saying that women find it really hard to ask for help. And why do you think that is? Um, I think they feel that there's something wrong with them. If they have to ask for help on, thing, on matters that they feel they should inherently know. Um, and it, it's, I think it's a very courageous woman who gets to a point in her life that says, you know what, I'm not coping with this very well. I don't know what I'm doing. Mm. I need some help. Because as a woman, you know, we should know. We should know how to put our makeup on, right? We should know what to put on our bodies to look good. Um, but not all women have grown up with good role models, mm. um, whether it be their mothers or whoever they've grown up with who have been able to show them the right way of doing things. And unfortunately, that's very sad these days too because a lot of parents just are not involved in educating their children on etiquette and deportment and what to wear and how to groom yourself and all those sorts of things so it's it's just this this issue is going to continue I think into the future as well but yeah we we do feel embarrassed about asking for help sometimes because mm. we feel that we should already know what to do so it's a very delicate process that I take my some clients through sometimes just to allow them, give them permission to actually unpack why they're having problems and then we can move forward once we understand that and we're on the same page. So for a, a, our listeners, I'm sure they're wondering what's, uh, how would they approach it? So what exactly, so for somebody that is afraid to ask for help and then all of a sudden they reach out, what mm. would you take them? What's the journey they go through with you? Do you teach them how to put on makeup? Do you teach them how to dress? Like what, what's the process? Yeah, look, it's, it can be quite involved and every single person is different. So before I can start working with anyone, I have to understand a lot more about them as a person, where they've come from, what their journey's been, what their frustrations are, what where they've currently been shopping and why, and what what do they see when they look in the mirror? Do they have anything about themselves that they can put down as, you know, a really fabulous feature and you know the sad thing Catherine is 
when I ask this question of some women and they're very, very senior, powerful women, I say, what is it about yourself that you really like? They'll come up with all of these things which is not answering the question. Yeah. Yeah. So it's they're so critical of themselves that they can't actually look in the mirror and say, well, actually, I really like my eyes or I really like my, you know, whatever. I really like my shoulders. They've not looked at themselves that way for such a long time. So I have to educate them to actually point out the really beautiful features of them, who they are as a person, and that they're the things we can focus on to really take them through this whole transformation because it is a transformation that I take through and it's lovely it's beautiful it is it's really shifting the mindset isn't it instead Mm. of because we're quick at looking at our flaws I know that I do it all the time and I know that my husband always says that every time I give you an uh, a compliment Compliment. you'll straight away go oh I I didn't do much about like you're all he goes always like making almost um an excuse yes yes Yes. I know but there's nothing more wonderful as a woman for someone who you don't even know to come up to you and say you know what you look fabulous today true 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 but it's hard for us to actually yeah it is but then when you're saying what what's so beautiful about you I think that's a really powerful question one that I would even find it really difficult to answer Mm. but Mm. it's important it's important for women to recognize that they all have unique beautiful features um, about themselves that you know they need to feel proud about you know they need to be able to enjoy Mm. and it's not all about you know as as we said originally putting yourself last and thinking you know you have nothing to offer because every woman has you know things to offer themselves first before they offer to other people Absolutely. So, Julie, what are some radical shifts that have made your life for the better? What are some of the things that you've actually experienced? Because um, as we're having this conversation, I'm really curious, like wondering how did, how have you uh, conquered your flaws? Um, difficult journey I've actually been on, um, probably because I was a single parent and because, oh, gee, you know, I found growing up that, you know, the children's friends weren't in the same situation. So Mm -hmm. making friends was really difficult because some women felt really threatened almost that you would be um, trying to, you know, break in, break their relationship up because you were single. Mm -hmm. Um, So that was really challenging for me. So, uh, you know, I had to come to terms with myself. I had to come to terms with who I was as a person. And that it was okay that, you know, I was in this situation and I didn't have to try and be anything else than who I was. And then I also had to look at, well, how did I communicate to other people? Because my children actually, funny enough, was, you know, my daughter would often say, Mum, you're really intimidating to other people. I was mortified. What do you mean I'm intimidating? She said, you just come across that way. You know, people are scared of you. And so I thought, oh, gosh. And so I ended up, I invested very heavily in myself um, in a personal development program, which which broke down a lot of those barriers and allowed me to be vulnerable and allowed me to um, really just step into my own sense of self and and not feel I had to be perfect all the time, Mm. that it was okay to not be perfect because we all have flaws. And my biggest flaw was myself. 
Yeah. And you know, it's it's something I hear quite often that when, and I'm going to say this absolutely, you're beautiful. So I think when you're beautiful, powerful, strong, confident, it does come across intimidating. And I've got a couple of friends who are just stunning, stunning. Mm -hmm. And uh, they are in a situation where they can't find love. Mm. And we ha we're having this conversation. It's because I wonder if it's because you are so confident, you are so beautiful that you actually come across intimidating to a man, for example. Well, it's very interesting you say that because I've been very unsuccessful in love too over the years. And, um, yeah, I think men do feel really, uh, you know, they, they have an issue with women who are, like you said, attractive, seemingly confident on the outside, relatively successful in their life and can hold themselves together mm. because men are always the fixers. Yes. You know, they always want to look after you. They always want to be able to solve the problem. Um, and if they come across a woman who doesn't need that element of a relationship um, and they just want to meet the man on the same level intellectually and physically, then, yeah, there's, yeah, they're, they're interesting. It's interesting just you know, finding those are, um, is challenging. So what advice, I mean, as I'm thinking about, is it for us to maybe become, you know, for those that are in those situations, for any of our listeners, is it about tapping into that vulnerability aspect Look, of I, ourselves? Or Yeah, I think um, let go of the ego. Mm. Let go of, of, you know, your persona so, so and, and really come to terms with yourself. Mm. And, you know, I even had a pact with my daughter at the start of the year. I said, look, if you ever hear me, talking in a negative tone or, or feeling ungrateful or about something or whatever, I said, I, I need you to call me to task and just pull me up on that because often we do get, you know, into a zone and we and we start thinking a certain way and, you know, it's only if you've got someone who you can really trust who's close to you that can see what's going on for you to be able to say, okay, fine, I accept, okay, I hear what you're saying, take a step back, have a think about things, reevaluate everything and uh, correct yourself mm. because, you know, that's vulnerability is something which I think a lot of people are looking for in others these days and there's the word authenticity is a really big word too because everyone wants to come across feeling and looking authentic. Uh, no one wants to be, you know, looking like they're representing someone else or trying to be someone else. That whole imposter syndrome sort of comes into it. So with styling, it's really important for me working with clients to help them be able to express their individuality and their unique personality, irrespective of who they are and what position they hold. You know, I have one client who um very senior CEO but has a very creative, expressive personality and, and wants to wear things which are totally not in line with what you would expect that sort of person to wear, but you've got to be able to incorporate that into her whole mix of things so that she doesn't feel like a fraud when she's walking out the door. Mm. You know, so, you know, it's, it's quite interesting. And, and I think that too, working, I mean, I've been in, in, in corporate for, you know, 22 plus years and I know what that's like. And I think that sometimes too, you know, being, it depends on what environment you work in, but definitely in the areas that I've actually uh, worked in, it's very da male dominating. And I think that 
you know, you always have to have your walls up. You've all got, always got to come across strong and confident. And vulnerability, I know for me, there's no, it wasn't an option to be vulnerable because I couldn't show that I was vulnerable um, because it was almost like, in my mind, a sign of weakness. So, you know, mm. when you talk about women leadership, uh, that influence, it's very different, isn't it? It is very different. And look, there's a lot of statistics out there now that actually show that, you know, if you've got women in, you know, leadership positions in organisations, on boards, that the companies actually do much better, like from a profit point of view. Yes. And, you know, I think there's there's a lot to be said for getting more women on boards mm. because they bring a different element to the whole, you know, decision-making process of, you know, things that they discuss because we are hands-on, we're, we're multitaskers, our brain is, allows us to be able to do that. We take, bring in a level of empathy and compassion into our decision-making and embrace a whole lot of different elements as opposed to just, you know, put the blinkers on and that's what you've got to do. Mm. And, yeah, it's, it's, it takes an ex- extraordinary man, I think, to be able to take that on board mm. But look, it's happening. It's happening. There's, you know, male champions of change. I think it's an yep. organisation where, you know, a lot of men are actually getting on board and trying to encourage women to get into those senior roles. There's a lot of organisations out there that are really promoting this, this whole, um, you know, the quota thing, getting more women into those positions. But you know, it's happening, which it is. is great. Yeah, it's it is great. Happening. Absolutely, it's happening. And I think also the thing that also, um, you know, some of the women in, in leadership roles that I've worked with too, they have this sense of intuition that it's… Oh, very re- astute. Yeah. yeah. Very, very astute. You know, school of life. Yes. Um, I think because a lot of the women are, you know, our age, they've, they've done the hard yards, they've mm. raised families, they've… They've had to deal with a whole myriad of different situations and, you know, that involve emotions and fears and insecurities and, you know, they've had to step out there and and really be the leaders of their own family first. And so now they're going into these really important roles and it's, you know, they've got it. Mm. You know, they've got the understanding, whereas men have always worked. I'm saying generalising here, but men normally have always worked. Yeah. They're, um, you know, they've not had to deal with all of the issues that women have had to deal with over the years. So they, yeah, the women just bring in a whole softness to it, I think. Mm, absolutely. And being vulnerable breaks down those brick walls. It breaks down those barriers because they have to deal with, you know, the emotions that go with it. Yeah, that um, makes sense. Yeah, ab- no, absolutely, it does make sense. Absolutely, I'm just thinking it's 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 a whole raft of things, and I think there's you know it's a a really nice uh, blend of uh, I, I call them superpowers. You know, when I think about uh, women in leadership, it, like you talk about vulnerability, empathy, you're talking about because it's true. Our brain is very different to a male brain. A female brain has. Uh, a lot more connections, a corpus col- uh, callosum, which is like, the, it's almost like the freeway, which you were saying, that we can actually multitask. Uh, but I think that it's also that we, the female brain also does tap into the emotion. So when we're talking about emotional intelligence, um, you know, there is that level. Yes, women can be highly emotional, but those who can actually compose their, their emotions mm. and actually lead with emotion as well. Mm. Uh, and with that, uh, intuition, it's amazing what I've seen. 
Yeah, but and that's where, you know, the work that I do with them in terms of how they present when they go into these situations is so important because mm. they need to present themselves in a way that gets attention, you know, in the right way and that empowers them to have the confidence to be able to deliver the message that they want to get across and be heard yeah. um, because it's so easy for women to dress in a way that where they almost become invisible or they don't have that, you know, sense of executive presence which is going to allow them to say what they want to say and for it to be taken, you know, seriously. So, yeah, the style of dress, the colours they wear, how they present themselves, their grooming, their polish, everything needs to be almost a notch above mm. where the guys are at so that, you know, they're really positioning themselves, you know, for success. So, Julie, you had a revamp last year with your website and um, made it more, uh, it's all about life, so style for life. So for somebody that would like to embark on a new life, what kind of advice would you give them? Um, for a woman who's looking to embark on a, on a new life and she's at that point where she recognises that change is needed um, for herself and for also the opportunities that she seeks, it's really do it, <laughs> you know, take action from the old Nike expression, but be prepared to invest in yourself and don't feel guilty for doing that. I think that would be one of my biggest um, recommendations to them because how you look now, how you think, how you act does have an enormous impact on how others, you know, feel about you as well and act towards you. So if you're looking to make those changes in your life, then usually starts with yourself. And if you only want to do it part of the way, then you're only going to get part of the results. So you have to be fully committed, fully present and fully willing to actually make those changes, be able to take constructive criticism in a way which is going to you know, add value to your life as a whole because it's not just about dressing for success in your professional world. It's about dressing for success in every other part of your life as well. And that's why I find a lot of my clients have difficulty because it's easy to suit up, power up and, you know, dress for the boardroom. That's easy. It's when they have to dress for other events that are happening in their life, whether it be parent-teacher interviews, meeting other parents at the school um, you know, social activities on the weekends, that's where they all of a sudden they get into trouble and they think, oh, my God, I don't know what I'm doing here. So that's why I embrace the whole st it's style for life. It's not just for one particular element, but it is also about being prepared to take that journey, have that transformation and invest in yourself because the only one that's going to win out of at the end of the day is you. Mm, absolutely. And it's not just from a personal brand perspective. It's not just about how you look. It is about, very much about how you speak, how you think, how you show up. There's a whole raft of things. And sometimes, yeah. you know, I've seen that, that sometimes, that, like you said, you, you, you suit up and you go into your environment and it's almost like you've got that persona on. Yes. Uh, but sometimes some I find that, and not just the women, all of us, actually are not sure or not I guess conscious about how we show up and being present is really key isn't it that's a real a real um I think a point when you're talking about being present it is and that's where wearing the right things um feeling confident in what you're wearing knowing 
but what you know how you've put yourself together is completely aligned with who you are as a person and what your goals and objectives are for the day when you know that and then you don't have to worry and so they can be present and they can be confident and they can be you know achieving you know ticking all the boxes and doing everything that they're supposed to be doing and that's what my clients love too about working with me is that they don't have to worry about that element they know that I've got that all covered for them and they feel confident and the biggest you know joy I get is hearing from my clients that you know they've had so many compliments but they also feel so confident going into their meetings and doing things because they know what they're wearing actually is doing its job for them mm. Yeah, absolutely. So, Julie, I'd like to unpack your book a little bit because you've got a book, 12 Steps, um, you know, Dress for Success. So what would be some of those steps for our listeners so that they give, it gives them a bit of insight into what you do? Well, um, as I think we, we started this conversation a little bit back where you said, you know, what's the process? The process is first, you know, getting a deep dive and understanding who the person is and where they're coming from. But then we also do a complete style and colour assessment on that individual mm. in terms of, you know, body shape, proportion, fit, age, you know, and just their personality style. How is it do they want to dress? You know, what are the different little things that I can do for them which makes it very individualistic and allows them to feel like it's their style, that they're not actually copying anyone else or any anything else. So that becomes part of my whole process. We then go into their wardrobe and that's where I see what's been going on. That's when I see who is this person, where she come from, what are the mistakes that she's made, you know, what can I remove from there which is no longer serving her at all or hasn't served her at all that she's been trying to make it work. So we just get rid of all of that stuff which, of course, opens up the door for new things, fresh things, new opportunities, Which and that's when you see the magic happen. Once I then can go and find those things and we put them in there and we coordinate it all back together so make it all complete again and it's just like, wow, you know, they all of a sudden it's like a light bulb moment and they've got this, you know, amazing um, wardrobe that, you know, they feel fabulous in everything and it's it's yeah, it's like you've unlocked the door to something. It's really fabulous. I love so, it. It's almost like decluttering. Is I'm as you're saying, I'm going. I don't think that I'd like Julie to go through my wardrobe, but oh, uh, it's fun. <laughs> it's fun because what I do is I actually I make them try things on. Why have we got this in here? Let's try it on. Let's see what's happening when we put this on. And I watch their facial expressions and their body language, and it's amazing. You know the transformation you see people go through when you start putting things together in a way where they look in the mirror and they think, oh, God, I would never have thought, you know, to do that. And it's just an eye-opener. It just takes mm. so much pressure and stress off them that they just, yeah, it's it's lovely. And obviously there's a big clean-out process, right? There's Well, it can be. Um, <laughs> it can be a big clean-out. Sometimes it's not as big a clean-out as what they think because I like to try and, be as resourceful as possible and if there are things that we can reuse um, you know or tweak then we do that as well mm. because you know sustainability is a big part of what I do as well it's not just about getting rid of everything because look garments have emotions attached to them they, yes. there's reasons why people have actually purchased things um, 
and you have to respect that at the mm. end of the day. And it's the client's decision at the end of the day whether things are actually ultimately removed or not. It's not mine. I can only make the recommendations. Mm, absolutely. And I know that as you're saying that, absolutely, there's things that I've got in my wardrobe that I will not get rid of because I wore it at a special engagement or, a, or you know what I mean, like it's got memories attached to it. Yes, yes. Yeah. And, you know, you have to make the decision as to when you want to actually let go of that piece. Mm. And some people do and some people don't. So, And that's okay. That's yeah. perfectly fine. It's just maybe you have another wardrobe you can pop those in so that, you know, they're just mementos and keepsakes. But the clothes that you need to use on a regular basis that, you're, you know, is your working wardrobe, so to speak, you know, you need to have those things, you know, front and centre, you know, ready to work for you. So that's mm -hmm. what we work on. And then we go into the grooming element as well. So it's... You know, how are you looking after yourself as a woman? Do you, are you using skincare? How? What are you using? Um, what type of makeup do you use? How do you apply it? Let's have a look at your hairstyle. You know, all of the things which are going to make her life easy, simple, and ultimately fun at the mm. end of the day. I love it. I love it. So, Julie, during your journey, what has been some of your greatest lessons that you've learned along the way? Mm, many. <laughs> um Invest in yourself. And I know I keep saying that, but it's so important. You cannot get better at what you do if you're not prepared to invest, not only um, financially, but also time and energy. Um, I'm going through a process now of, of going for another accreditation. So that's an enormous amount of work to actually collate all of the information that I need into a dossier to actually submit. Mm. So but it's a really fabulous exercise because it makes you appreciate and be grateful for how many things you have done over the years and how much time and energy and effort you've actually put into your profession. Mm. So I think it's important for you to not just forget about all of that but to, to keep building on that and to really just try and, and put that together and it's a, it's a great way for you to recognise how far you've come. Mm. so you are on a, a particular career path that you know just keep investing keep building keep improving always question what else can I do what else what else what else you know what if um and seek advice and you know be able to take constructive criticism and but then also be able to seek well okay if that's if I can do this better well what is the right pathway for me to go to be able to to do this better um, that's that's one of the big lessons I've learned, and you know, yeah, it's it's a, di it's a difficult one often because people always try and minimise their expense wherever possible. But I think if you're really wanting to be an expert and do what you do really well, then you have to invest in yourself. Mm, absolutely, so true. So, Julie, the other thing that we'd love to ask our woman of inspiration is pain points. We all have pain points. What would be some of the biggest pain points that you deal with on a day-to-day -day basis? With myself or with my clients? Um, with your, well, with big pain points in business, pain points with yourself, your pain points with your clients. What's some of your pain points? I think some of my pain points is, you know, being an entrepreneur and running my own business, the biggest pain points are, you know, managing your business so that you everything flows. Mm. So being on top of your financials, 
being on top of your marketing, your lead generation, your conversations, your networking. So, and this is something that which is a continual process for me, and one that I'm spending a bit of time on at the moment is is having everything into uh, an organised format so that I know how much time I need to be investing in each particular element of my business, so that you feel like you you're in control of everything. Mm. But at the end of the day, obviously, you know the numbers tell you everything. So being able to, you know, having a system where you can check into your numbers on a regular basis, not just how much money you've got coming in, but also where your money's going mm. so that you can then plan and adjust and correct in different elements of your business if you're, you're going over the mark or you, you might decide, well, I can afford to spend a bit more money on this or I have to pull back on that. So, you know, it, it's really being... You know, having a, a board meeting with yourself every now and then and going through all of this is very eye-opening, but it's really important. Do you ever outsource anything or do you do it all yourself? I started off doing everything myself, which was, uh, you know, and I soon learned, goodness me, that there are people out there who you can outsource things to who do things so much better than what you do because that's what they're an expert in. Mm. So I do outsource now um, wherever I can so that I can be focusing on the things I need to focus on and not spending time on, yeah, things that other people can do for me. Mm. So being an entrepreneur and a woman in your type of business in styling, what do you think are, are some of those um, reasons why people fail to succeed? Oh, that's an interesting question. I think it's probably just um, you've got to have passion. Mm. You've got to be committed. You've got to believe in what you're doing yeah. and why you're doing it. You know, there's that old question of, you know, you've got to understand your why. Yep. And absolutely. I think that's really important. If you don't understand why you're doing something, then the whole process becomes really difficult. You've got to enjoy what you do. And and your why is that big unconscious driver? I always, I always talk about that. You know, people know what they want to do, how to do it, but they don't understand why they're doing it. And mm. when you you say, "Look, talk me through why are you in business? What's that driver for you?" And you know, sometimes they get stuck. You know, they, they either fall into a position or had an idea, didn't know why. Um, you know, and it, you know, it kind of catapulted to where they are today. Um, mm. But the why is huge. It's very, very big. And you know, I, I really feel very passionate about what I do. I because I've seen the transformation women have gone through, and I've seen how it simplifies their life and it, it gives them back joy. Um, then you know, it's it's just a given for me that you know. But it's it's getting the women at the point where they're ready to accept that and they're ready to, to come on that journey and that's where that you get the best results. You can't drag someone through it. They've got to be at that point where they're actually, yes, I accept it, I would love some help, can't wait to work with you and then we can we just fly through it and, you know, you see the most amazing results at the end of that But and that's what that's my why, you know. Mm. My why is helping these other women you know, in their lives and see them, you know, succeed and shine. Mm, oh, that's beautiful. Absolutely beautiful. So if we go back in time, Julie, what advice would you give your younger self? My younger self, I would say, you know, look, 
you know, Catherine, it's really interesting. Often I, you know, my daughter's 21 and she's at uni, in fact, my son's at uni too, and I just think, you know what, how wonderful would it be to go back all those years and start all over again? Would I be doing the same thing? I don't know. I mean, I fell into, I sort of fell into this career um, 15 years ago and I love doing what I do because, you know, I, women do come to me and ask for support and I just find that really fabulous to be able to help them and ma- help them master, you know, to look the best they can possibly be. And I think I probably would have always gone down that path, mm. funnily enough. Yeah. Um, that's just where I feel most comfortable. Yeah. And there's like a natural calling to be able to do that. Mm. So, yeah. Um, my younger self, I probably would have, you know, follow your, follow your heart. Mm. Follow your passion. Follow what you find really interesting. Don't try and do something that is totally alien to you or, or not or that your parents want you to do because they've always done it. You know, find out what you relate to and what you find really interesting and passionate about and how you can make a difference in other people's lives or in the world and, and how you can actually leave a legacy mm. to the world. That's I think that's what I would tell myself and Beautiful, yeah. beautiful. So, Julie, as we wrap up the show, we always love to ask our woman of inspiration to pick one word that best describes her personal brand. So what would be that one word for you? Oh, I think I'd have to say life-changing, Catherine, because I've seen it happen. Yeah. It is life-changing. Love it, love it. And the other thing that we do as we wrap up the show is always ask our woman of inspiration to leave three shiny golden nuggets for our listeners. So what are those three shiny golden nuggets that you would like to leave for our listeners today? Oh, believe in yourself, invest in yourself, and I think recognize the good things about your appearance and ask for advice, you know, if you feel that they can also, you know, be improved or that can enhance, you know, find out how you can enhance the good things about yourself that can really boost your self-esteem. Don't be frightened to ask for help. Mm, I love that one. I think we don't do that enough as, uh, as we were discussing is we tend to lean towards our flaws and focus on that. So I really love that one. Thank you so much for your time and energy. How can our listeners find you? What's the best place? Um, they can go to my website, which is the Style for Life website, but it's uh, au. Or they can connect with me through LinkedIn. Yeah, great. Thank you so much for it's been fun, and uh, I love uh, everything that you do. So keep doing what you're doing, and I'm sure our listeners are going to reach out to you. Uh, I, I, I'm as I'm saying that I'm thinking oh, I'd love to have you come through my wardrobe and tell me what you think about me. Well, so, you know, my door is open, Catherine. I'd be only too pleased to um, to do that. You know, it could be an interesting exercise for you too. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think so. So thank you once again so much for your time and your energy. You're very welcome. And sharing your thank wisdom. You. Thank you. Thank you. Thanks, Catherine. Have a lovely day. You too. That brings us to the end of another episode. I hope you enjoyed the show as it is my mission to reach out and inspire as many individuals like you 
And one of the best ways to help us achieve this goal is by giving us a good review on iTunes. It's easy and it only takes about 10 seconds. And when you do, please be sure to let us know by sending us an email to collect your special gift. Where you have a choice from six guided meditations or an ebook to soothe your soul. Now, if you have any questions or special guests that you would like to hear from, please send us an email to support at katherineplano.com.au and we will get right back to you. You can also find us on Instagram, Twitter or Facebook at Catherine Plano. That's it for now. Thanks for listening. Until next week, please take care of yourself.